Have you heard of the Bellsmith? He's absolutely amazing. They make the most custom and unique bells. They made one for my son on the championship run in Omaha in 2021. They make game day bells, swashbuckler, artillery, junction, pirate, you name it, they can make it. You can check them out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can find them in different places around Starkville like Maroon & Company. So have them make your custom bell today. Do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game. They have many different teams with many different sports. Myself, as an LSU fan, I just got myself LSU baseball, LSU gymnastics, and LSU soccer posters to put up in the man cave. So get your posters today at the Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. There's a shot deep into left field, and the park will not hold that one. Amani uh, Larry, a two-run home run to left field. And State's on the board here in the bottom of the third. Welcome, everybody, to the In Off the Bench podcast. My name is Jim Cross. The crew is gone tonight, but it's all right because we are going to keep on trucking. We got episode 11 titled Bayou Dog with our guest, Amani Larry from Mississippi State Baseball. We title it that because our man is from down on the bayou, but we know he now believes maroon and white and is everything Mississippi State. So let's not waste any more time and get into the biggest interview and podcasting this week with our man, Amani Larry. Amani, our man, I tell you what, you know, before I give you a chance to even be welcomed on the show, Mississippi State Baseball, I tell people all the time just how great the fan base is, how great the players are, how great the the experiences at Duty Noble. But I tell you, you know, only two times have we had issues when it's came to having a guest on. This one was on me. The other time was on the previous guest. But um, RJ Yeager stepped up for Ivan Melendez because um, he told us like a couple hours before he wasn't available. Um, I double booked and you made an adjustment. So just give another, you know, mark to Mississippi State for just being outstanding players and everything about, you know, you guys and who y'all are. So with that, man, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Man, I, I'm blessed. I mean, because you you did me a solid, and obviously you see the LSU football jersey behind me, so you made it to where, like, I can still do LSU football tomorrow with Greg Brooks. We can talk about beating Mississippi State in football, you know what I'm saying? But no, nah, no, nah, I'm kidding, not kidding. But, uh, you know, before we get into your story, which is what this is all about, man, and, and I'll tell you right off the top, the reason I reached out to you, um, you have a big fan base. Uh, you know, I always reach out to the state fans and ask, who do they want me to interview? And you were by far the name mentioned most. So people are excited. They want to hear your story. And as I researched, man, I, I found out that, you know, man, you got you got a great story to tell. But let's let's break the ice first, man. You had your own late night TV show and you could have anybody, not just like Mississippi State, not just athlete. You could have any guest for your first guest on your late night TV show. Who is it? Um. I think I'm going to say, I mean, I've always been a big, big Tim Tebow fan. I love the way he, like, talks to everybody and stuff. So, I would definitely like to have him on there for sure. Uh, just watching uh, Johnny Menzel's uh, documentary he just put out, uh, he would also be another one I'd like to uh, have on my show. I mean, I grew up 
wanted I played quarterback, so I grew up wanting to be like Johnny Manziel. So, yeah, no doubt. Um, both elite level uh, talents, you know, both. You know, it's kind of interesting. You pick two different, you know, character types. Obviously, one's a little more trouble. One's one's cleaner, but nonetheless, uh, two guys who are not afraid to talk. So when you're having a talk show, definitely, definitely two guys that would be good, uh, no doubt. The next one's a little weird, but man, we picked it up and it's been become popular. If the zombie apocalypse is happening, man, and you got to try to stay alive, and you got to pick three Mississippi State baseball teammates to come with you to help you accomplish this, man, who are the three guys? I think I'm taking Hunter Hines, Aaron Downs, and Dakota Dakota Jordan. Now, in this group, like, I mean, do we got hunters? What 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 is your strategy here in picking this team? Um, hunters, Hunter and AD are the big hunters in Coda. I mean, he's the strongest one on the team by far. So, and at, and at worst case, if Dakota needs to stay alive, he's going to outrun them. I I've seen him. You know, <laughs> we're going to get into it a little bit, but I, I seen him outrun y'all when he did the walk off. So I know about those wheels. Yeah. All right, next one's real fun, man. If you had to do karaoke, no if, and or buts, man. The people are chanting for you to come on stage. We need a money to do karaoke. And you got to do one song. You feel like it's the song you're most comfortable doing. What is it? Um, I definitely have to go with. Uh, I don't know. I'd say uh, if it's a if it's a big party, I probably do like probably love story with Taylor Swift. So, oh, very <laughs> nice. You, you, hey, you know what, Taylor Swift? You're not the first one to say that. Uh, I think, I think guys understand that if you bring out Taylor Swift, um, it's a way to because. Guys secretly like it, won't admit it, and then you get the <laughs> girls into it, so you get the whole crowd into it. I like it. I yeah. like what you think. All right, you know, speaking of Taylor Swift, thinking about the the younger women, you know, as a child, like who was your celebrity crush growing up? Like who who was it for you? I was definitely Alex Morgan before. So ah, she's still my crush now, bro. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> That's still mine too. So. Like I mean, she could she could shank a shot where she had like a wide open goal and i'm like it's okay you're all good yeah. okay alex no that's right no i'm the same way all right last one and we'll get into your story man uh obviously you're somebody who played a lot of sports growing up um so this could man this could go anywhere who is your all-time favorite athlete growing up Ooh, i'd say uh i'm about to go with uh that's a good question all time I think I'm about to go with uh I think I'm gonna go with LeBron James. I mean, dude's just a winner, leader, all of above. So yeah, I was I was interested in your answer just because I knew you were a multi-sport athlete. And so, you know, usually when guys are just one sport, you expect it. But like when you when it's somebody like you who's played multiple, a fan of, you know, just talking with you, talking about, you know, even the football thing right off the top, and it's like, oh, that could leave a lot of different options. Yeah. But uh, with that, man, let's get into your story, man. Uh, you know, I'm excited. Obviously, you see the background wall. Louisiana is my thing. I was when I was doing the, you know, study up. Where are you from? I'm from Bossier City, Louisiana. So <laughs> that's right, Louisiana, the best state there is. Now, uh, so for those who aren't familiar, you know, is it a small area, a large area? What's like? And if it is small, what's the city that's you know, closest to it that, that people would know? Uh, so, I mean, it's it's a pretty – it's a big area, kind of big area compared to some of the little small towns I've been in through my college career. But uh, 
it's it's right by Shreveport. So right over the bridge, you got Shreveport less than five minutes away. So gotcha. And so growing up, man, family dynamics, you know, what's it like? Uh you got any siblings? Are you only child? What we got? Yeah, so I got a I got a younger I have two younger brothers and a younger sister. Um uh, my younger sister is playing basketball. She's a state she's gonna be senior this year. She just won the five A state championship in Louisiana this past year. Um uh, my Younger brother, he's uh he's here now. He was at East Central Community College, played football there, and now uh he's going to school here. And then I have a uh younger brother than him, younger than him. He's uh seven. He's playing coach pitch. So, so with having these younger siblings, you know, are are you what we would expect? Are they the one that looking to you know for advice of whether it be sports or just school or anything in general? I mean, are you are you the leader of the crew? Yeah, I definitely try to set the examples for them and just uh, if they have any questions, they, I mean, I've pretty much been through everything, but they, uh, I don't want to see them have to go what I had to go through, so. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that that's what older siblings are for, um, to help teach you through the mistakes that, that they may have made and, and everything, but, you know, looking at your family, obviously, you know, your dad, Jarvis, uh, drafted out of high school by the New York Yankees, so when you just read that, Obviously, you see, you know, athletics in the DNA, you know, was baseball something that he always wanted you to play and like had you start or was it something that maybe you saw in him that made you want to play because he played? Yeah, so I, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I started at a young age, probably around I was started swinging probably a bat when I was like three and then played uh, rec ball when I was four. So I've been playing Dixie baseball when I was four, all that's about say uh 12 13 years old and uh we got after it and i heard about the stories of him in the world series he also played for ul lafayette he was on the 2000 world series team so yeah i always wanted to uh, get there uh get there so i can uh one up him. so <laughs> hey well get it done this year <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that shortly but you know um, we talked about multiple sports, obviously very athletic. You played numerous sports, man. What all did you play growing up? Growing up, I played basketball and football along with baseball. So, All right, so obviously we see you're playing baseball now, but, you know, a lot of times just because that's your best sport, it's not necessarily your favorite. Was it your favorite of the three? Uh, yeah, it was. it's always been the one I've been better at. Like, I know I can, I can go in baseball, but – in football, it just felt like it was a lot easier. Everything was easier. Like, I, I played quarterback, so, I mean, the reads were easy. Everything was easy to me in football. So, nothing – I never really struggled in football too much uh, besides my junior year when I got thrown into the fire. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I was watching clips of you in preparation for the show from Little League World Series. Bro, like, six home runs, batting over 500 in the Southwest Regional – like at that age, like what was it like killing it on TV on that stage? I mean, like, you know, obviously you have dreams of playing in the pros, you have dreams of playing in college, but it all starts at that age. It starts with the little league world series and you were able to accomplish that, man. What was that like? Yeah. So that, it was always a dream of mine growing up to go to the little league world series and also to go to Omaha, but um, the little league world series was like, that was awesome. Southwest regional. They were great hosts. Uh, it's kind of like I look back at it now. I'm like, dang, I forget that I played on TV back then on that. And then I see clips of me. I'm like, gosh, I'll show them. But 
Yeah, the uh, the the clips are grainy, man. It, it shows how long ago it was. It was ten years ago, man. Yeah. Probably it might feel like just yesterday for you, but it's it's been a minute. So yeah. on the interview, you know, and it was cool because uh, you know, you had talked about obviously playing the different sports. You talked about your dad. Your dad talked about you. I, I just thought the whole the whole thing was cool, man. The Little League World Series obviously going on um, now. Like it's uh, it's one of those things that if people don't pay attention to it, it, it's really cool to see the kids and and at a time where like and you hope that it happens throughout high school, college, and even pros that you know, they remember it's a kid's game and to have fun, but it, it's cool to see on that level when kids are just having a blast. So um, any, for anybody listening who doesn't watch the little league world series, take some, take some time and check it out. Um, but you know, where did you go to high school at? So I went to high school at, uh, it was in Bowyer city, a little, uh, school called Parkway high school. So. All right, so I got to ask, because it lists your baseball accolades, but it doesn't list your football. You just talked about getting through the fire junior year. So before I get into the baseball and the and the knowledge that I actually have, man, talk to me about football and, and, and even, hey, man, I want the scoop. Like, talk about getting thrown in the fire. Talk, talk to me what happened. Yeah, so I grew up, I played quarterback my whole life. And uh, by my sophomore year, we had some really good guys. We had C.J. Morgan, who played at Mississippi State, uh, Brandon Harris, who was quarterback at LSU, uh, Keandre Woodsy, quarterback, Oklahoma State, and then Justin Rogers, TCU. We also had Harris Marshall Jr. He was my wide receiver that year. So my my junior year, I asked I asked them like, y'all want me to still get reps at quarterback? I was playing receiver my sophomore year and junior year. I was like, y'all still want me to get reps just in case? And they were just like, no, nah, not right now. Let them get the reps, and you just keep playing receiver. I was like, all right. So the first game of the year, Justin goes down. And then I'm out there, and I'm like, well, I ain't getting no reps. So now I'm just kind of going with it. And uh, my main guy was Terrace Marshall. If I got in trouble, I was just throwing it up to him. So. Yeah, I was actually talking about him the other day. They were talking about the offensive players from that team. Um, I went to six games that year, you know, obviously a hard LSU fan. And I feel like he's the forgotten guy because they, they were listening, you know, obviously Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and then Jefferson, Chase, and Burrow. And he had 12 touchdowns that year and like 692 yards receiving. Like, and one of the reasons why Jefferson, you because you understand football, obviously Jefferson's elite. That's not what I'm saying. But if you watch the tape, one of the reasons why Jefferson was effectively able to dominate linebackers and safeties was because Chase and Marshall were on the outside taking up the best corners, leaving Jefferson with a mismatch all the time. And so, uh, Marshall with the stats he put up and then with what he did, you know, because it's a team game, being able to free up Jefferson to have a mismatch. I think he's one of the guys that kind of really didn't get enough credit on that LSU offense. And to your point about throwing it up to him, if you look at some of those stats, Joey B did, he threw it up to that man in a 50, 50 ball. And Marshall says mine. Yeah. So no, that's cool, man. I had I had no clue, and that's one of the reasons why we like doing the show because you you mentioned him, you mentioned Harris, and other guys. Like, um, that's cool that you got to play with them, and something that I would have never known. So, um, definitely you were playing with a lot of talented guys. From the baseball note, you know, three time first team All Parish uh, at Parkway, you won All Parish and All District honors in uh 2018 and 19 and uh 5a first team all state as well so obviously the accolades speak for themselves how good you were on the diamond just talk to me about how good parkway high school was in regards to baseball 
Yeah, so when I showed up to high schools, uh, a couple of us that we grew up playing, uh, we were 9-19 and 19 our freshman year. The year before, they won seven straight and dropped the next 25. So we knew that going in. Next year, we went nine, lose 19. And then our sophomore year, we go uh, – we flip it around. We go 18 and 11, I think, something like that. And then my junior year, we go uh, we go like 20, maybe like 19 and 10 or something like that. And then my senior year, we end up going 31 and 5. And I think we finished number five or six in the country. But it was just like – I go by the motto, you want to leave uh, the program better than you find it. So I believe we did that and accomplished that there. So, Yeah, no, that's uh, – it's it's interesting that my main host isn't here, Daniel. That is that is something that he lives by. Um, you know, anytime he goes somewhere, whether he's he's been a principal at high school, he's coached at the high school and college level, um, that's always his goal is when he goes somewhere, when you leave there, you always want to leave it better than when you got there. So – um, I love that you feel that way. And when he listens back to this, he's he's going to definitely dig that. Um, you know, so also travel ball, you know, uh, obviously says you played for East Coast. Is that correct? Yeah, we played with East Coast. We started uh, as PSA or Snowpeg Baseball Group, and then uh, we went into East Coast Sox. So. Well, the, the reason why I wanted to ask about that was with you playing football – and baseball, you know, how do you find the time to do travel and be able to effectively do all three of those? Yeah, it's definitely uh, you got to do work on your own for sure. Um, the coaches, they understood like during baseball season, I was baseball. During football season, I was football. And they just trusted that I was getting my work in outside of those practices to make sure I was doing what I need to to, uh, to perform at the high level. So, yeah, no doubt. And obviously you were. So, between the success amongst everything, you know, at what point do colleges start reaching out to you and what were the, you know, the options that you were really considering? Yeah, so uh, my freshman year, I was getting recruited by LSU and Ole Miss, and then that went on for a while, Alabama, and then uh, the coaches changed over there, and then all that kind of dropped off after my sophomore year. Then my junior year, I um, I think one of the coaches at LSU called and uh, they told me it's probably best I go JUCO. So I ended up taking the JUCO route. Uh, that's the only the only offer I had was East Central Community College in Decatur, Mississippi. And I also had Blinn. Uh, and I just thought that I grew up playing with uh, Snowpeg Baseball Group in the Sox. So I thought Mississippi was the best option. I, my family's from Mississippi. Uh, so I just chose East Central and it worked out best over there. Yeah, and man, it's it's really interesting. This is such a common story. You know, you say that's really the only offer, and I mean, I could list you off a a bunch of a bunch of names. Like, I mean, I could throw you a Ben Joyce, for instance. Like, um, so many guys that somehow you know, kind of, even though you were on the scene the way you were, travel ball, little league, world series, kind of fly under the radar to where. Um, you know, you end up at a community college, like even Jalen Battles, like you know, I was just thinking of guys on the top of my head. Um, and community colleges get a real steal because um as we go into your accolades and your time there, we know that, you know, obviously community college is getting a steal if they're getting somebody of your caliber. Um, so fresh freshman year of college, you know, obviously, you know, COVID turned the world upside down, but you did get 16 games in and you were red hot basically batting four hundred 
Um, but instead of talking about the negative of COVID, man, just talk about the 16 games of experience you got just playing in JUCO ball. Yeah, so uh, I played – and during JUCO ball, I played two years in JUCO, the COVID year, the 16 games, and the next year. Um, that was that was very – it was humbling at the time. Uh, I knew I could play, and I knew if I wanted to make it out, I heard these stories about JUCO and then. Only tough survive out of there, and yeah, you, you got to be tough to get out of there. I mean, it was the practices were a lot different than high school. Uh, high school ball, we just played wiffle ball pretty much every day for practice, and uh, so got the JUCO, and that was like a rude awakening. And uh, we made it out of there out of the fall, and then uh, during the spring, I had a good good season. I always try to trust my work, the work I put in in fall, fall break, and all that. I was always trying to trust my work going into the season. And then the next year, I had a, a really good season as well with Coach Coleman and MA Central. So, yeah, no doubt. And so, you know, that obviously gave you a chance to get your feet wet, get prepared for sophomore season where you would absolutely just get turned up, man. First team all conference and all region um, at East Coast, batted 447 games, had 25 extra base hits, including 20 doubles, three home runs, and two triples. Had a team high in RBIs, 43, and stolen bases, 26. Um, On-base percentage are ridiculous, 518. Dude, those are some filthy stats. So, like, obviously we talked about, you know, just getting your getting your feet wet in the 16 games, but you come out that sophomore year and you just killed it. So how were you able to find so much success? I think the biggest success was, uh, you know, just turning – I took a step back after the COVID happened and just realized, like, I uh, got closer to the Lord during COVID. Uh, wanted to make sure I was right with the uh, Lord. And also that I was taking like every day, just being in the moment, being where my feet are, feet is, or, and uh, just realizing that every day is not promised. This game is not promised. And just to have fun, loosen up. And then when I did that, my game just jumped to a whole nother level. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a common thing. Like uh, just to use a guy who played at Mississippi state, Cameron James, talked about the very thing you're talking about, you know, just loosening up, um, you know, not taking it. It's not to say that you're not taking it too seriously, but if you take the game too serious and you overthink it, you know, work too much and and don't enjoy it for what it is. And then he's also, you know, a Christ follower himself and just, you know, remembering how blessed you are. Like, it's amazing how when you just take the time to take a step back, breathe, um and and just have fun enjoy it for what it is uh good things start to happen it's the guys who are just you know wound way too tight overthinking everything because this is a mental game as well um how things can kind of you know start to go the other way but you know from there you end up at UNO obviously University of New Orleans call it UNO uh how do you become uh you know a baseball player there how's that transfer work out yeah, so um, out of there, still, I didn't have – at East Central, I put up the numbers and stuff, but still didn't have, like, these crazy offers. I just had UNO and, and South Al, and I just felt like uh, I wanted to hit with Blake Dean, who, who was, like, a great hitter at LSU, had some accolades over there, and just I know he was uh, it was pretty good over there. So I wanted to wanted to see what he had to say, wanted to go over there, and wanted to continue to better my game as a hitter. And that's exactly what I did over there with him. And I enjoyed my time over there for sure. So no, that's a that's a solid program. And then y'all get to play some really tough non-conference games. So you get to experience, you know, some of what you would obviously get into at Mississippi State being there. So not not a bad choice by any means. And so 
Um, you know, while you're there, it's a common theme to what you had going on at East Central. You named, named first team all Southland Conference and Southland Newcomer of the Year. Finished third in the league with a batting average of 370. First in on-base percentage, 477. First in run scores, 67. And third in RBIs with 56. Finished with a fielding percentage of 987 and 230 chances. Ended the season on a 14-game hitting streak with 26 multi-hit games. First thing I want to break down in that, something that stuck out to me through all your stats, your on-base percentage, um, you know, talking about that, that says a couple different things. Uh, it's not obviously that you're just a good hitter, but it says that you're patient and you see the ball well. You know, is that something I think about, you know, your dad's success? Is that something that you developed and learned at an early age? Yeah, I feel like he tried to, he tried to ingrain into me back then, and I didn't want to listen very much, and then, <laughs> As I kept growing, uh, I started listening more and more because I was like, man, he may, he might know what he's talking about a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, he definitely tried to preach that to me, and I took it. So, Yeah, and so you had major success there. And so, you know, continuing to, to climb the ladder and, you know, finally you get to, you know, where somewhere you want to be. Uh, you know, obviously you end up in Mississippi State. So how does that process work? Yeah, so uh, I ended up entering the portal um, after UNO, and I just wanted to continue to challenge myself, which I did here at, uh, in the SEC at Mississippi State. Um, I mean, I've seen this place on TV when I was in junior college. Got to catch a couple games. It was only an hour away, and, I mean, it was unbelievable. Uh, I was like, I mean, if you get a chance to play in that park, I mean, in front of those fans, I mean, why not? I mean, can't turn that down. So um, I got the opportunity. I'm grateful for Coach Lamonis and Coach Gotro and all of them and uh, trying to help them out. So, Yeah. If you're listening, Braden Montgomery, you just made a serious mistake, dude. How do you not want to play at the dude? And so with that, man, you get to Starville and step on the field at Duty Noble, and you just said it. Look, I'm an LSU fan, and I keep it 100. I argue with people all the time on social media, I, and I'm somebody who goes to games all around the SEC. If you follow me, I'm at a different ballpark every weekend. Um, there's no doubt that Duty Noble is the mecca. It's the cathedral of college baseball. It is the best stadium with the best fans. Like, I don't care. LSU people get mad at me for saying that, but I call it how I see it. And so when you get to step out on that field for the first time, man, like, and and it's that big a crowd, are you nervous or are you excited? Uh, I'm definitely – it's just a little bit like – but when I got here, it was it was definitely shocking. And I walked outside through the uh, through a little tunnel, and I remember during BP there weren't very many people there. But as soon as like they started playing the Circle of Life by the Lion King, I'm like, what is this? And then <laughs> and then people people start running into the gates, and then I go into the locker room, come back out, and the next thing I see is like there's twelve thousand, thirteen thousand people out. And I'm looking around like, wow, this is this is this is different. So. Yeah, it is. Uh, like I said, I mean, I, the first time that I got to experience it, like I had no clue because I had been I had been to Swayze multiple times before I had been to Duty Noble. And then obviously I'd been to Alex Box plenty of times. And so the first time I stepped in there, I was like, dude, what I mean, because I only live two hours away. I was like, why am I not here more? Like, so, yeah, that that place is just it's different. And so, you know. On the season, you batted 297, seven home runs, 30 RBIs, 59 runs with 19 stolen bases, 
you know, before we talk games and series about yourself and the team, you know, let's just talk about the SEC adjustment. You know, how much of an adjustment was it coming from, you know, obviously you did JUCO and then you did UNO to playing, you know, in the SEC gauntlet? Yeah, I'm, I knew already coming into it, it was going to be some real dudes that I faced. And I got, I mean, I got the skeins, I got the burns, so we got Ty Floyd and, I mean, on our staff, we had some dudes, uh, Casey Hunt and Nixon and Kate Smith and guys like that. So it was just, I mean, going into SEC, I knew it was going to be, it's going to be something you got to be ready going into there. So, yeah, not I, easy. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Kate Smith, uh, I've been watching him his whole life. He's from right down the street at DeSoto Central, um, him. And then, you know, that's why I mentioned Cameron James earlier and everything. And so, uh, now Brock Tapper and Bradley Lofton, your teammates, they came from there. So it's kind of a little Mississippi State hub uh, at the school rock throwing distance from my house. Uh, but, you know, let's go to the Ole Miss series. I, I kind of just want to go go there. We're going to kind of bounce around. But I got to, man. Like, I was there for the whole weekend. My son did not take purple and gold. He is a Mississippi State fan through and through. He bleeds maroon. And so – um, I had to make a decision that weekend. I was like, you know what, man, can't miss the battle for for Mississippi. And so we went there. Obviously, we were rewarded record crowds, you know, Dakota walk off. You know, as somebody who's a Louisiana native, man, not from Mississippi per se, you know, what was it like being a part of that series and, you know, what it means between those two teams and not only winning the series, but doing it and a record crowd. And then, like I said, with the Dakota walk off on the one game, you know, just tell me about that whole weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, when you sign, when you sign to come to Mississippi state, you know, you know who the rival is. And um, so, I mean, I'm from Louisiana, but I know that the, our fans don't like losing. We don't like losing the, the guys up North. So um, that was, that was pretty awesome weekend uh, Friday night. I think we uh we ended up losing Friday night and then uh we know we haven't lost a series in a while and so we're like regroup, uh lock back in, we don't get too down, we come back Saturday. Uh I think we had a rough start and then uh we end up coming back in the end and then Sunday we just got after it was kinda like playing out there, it was kinda like it was all like everybody was like calm and collective from both sides, like nobody got too uh, got too high, got too down. So uh, it was kind of like in between crowd was just rocking the whole time. So, yeah, now the crowd that weekend, like, I mean, I normally, I, I still had seats. I just didn't sit there. Um, my seats are on the third baseline behind third base, but I was, I was eating so good in the lounge and my son was out there, you know, hanging out. He just, he just runs from booth to booth. Like he knows everybody somehow. And so we kind of stayed out there and I bring that up because, it was so packed that Saturday where y'all walked up. Like, I mean, you could barely move up there, which just speaks volumes because, I mean, people are willing to pack in like that to watch. And the one cool thing about the way Duty Nubbles build is the way the left field lounges is is everybody can see. You don't get stuck not being able to see. That's kind of like my uh, knock on Bomb Walker. It's it's majestic in its own right, but they the hog pin, like, it's not layered. So you have to like try to see over people, but duty nobles that that way. And so obviously 16,000 fans, like when I, they posted that number, this is ridiculous. Got to see you guys beat your in-state rival, man, do it walk-off style Dakota 
runs. We had him on this episode. He said he wasn't going to let y'all catch him. Y'all had to make him jump the wall to try to get away from you. And then y'all all got doused and whatever. Kate Smith told me, I seen him at the concert afterward. I was like, did you go take a shower? He said, I had to. Somebody poured beer on me. Yeah, we smell how we're like that. <laughs> fans just pouring whatever it's cool you know we're celebrating so no that that was cool you know and then going to other series you know I wanted to talk about Auburn for you like when I was looking statistically um at your best series you had a really good series and that's significant because not only is Auburn a good team but that was on the road um you know what was it like that weekend obviously you're seeing the ball well batting over 500 you know talk to me about playing at Auburn yeah Auburn weekend uh we knew we had to get it going. Um, everybody in the dugout knew it uh, wasn't a shock. And uh, so I just I turned my focus up a little bit more. Uh, I felt like I could. Um, I felt like I wasn't doing enough at the time. And uh, just got locked, locked in that weekend and seen it well. And just stood, uh, stayed with my approach and stayed to the game plan. So, and it worked out pretty well. So, Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, on the season, you know, like, obviously, you know, I was looking and, you know, you had ups and downs and everything. Obviously, you know, Auburn was a good weekend. But, you know, I always feel like it's about how you finish. And if you look down the stretch, obviously, you know, I was unfortunately at the game um, where y'all took the series from LSU. You were huge in game three. And then you followed that up with a, a amazing performance against Texas A&M. That may have been your best individual game. Um, so talk to me about, you know, obviously you you fight through the ups and downs, but ultimately it shows that, you know, you had learned a lot through the season because you you go into an environment like Baton Rouge and you're able to have a big game that helps y'all spark a huge comeback. And then you go and play Texas A&M and you come out with another big game um, just showing, you know, obviously you can play with these boys. Yeah, um, so, I mean – I really wanted to focus on like you can't get too up, too down in this league for sure, and not in baseball in general. So um, I know against LSU, I mean once, I mean once that pitch is thrown at you, swing, miss, hit, whatever, uh, it's not about that result anymore. It's about the next pitch. So um, I really carried that in. So I had to make an adjustment game three against LSU, and I ended up doing that. And then going to Texas A&M, it was the same thing. Um, one pitch at a time, one swing at a time, uh, just breaking down the game. And uh, it worked out against Texas A&M really well when I started to realize, like, I just, okay, I hit a double triple. I can't remember what it was. And that, that at-bat's over with. Now it's about the next at-bat. The next at-bat, uh, one of my bats, I hit a home run. And then I was like, okay, I got the dugout. I was like, okay, we're down one. That at-bat's over. Time to lock in on this next at-bat. And just got to – you really got to move past the results and whatever and uh, focus on next – what you got going on next. So, Yeah, that, that game three against LSU was wild because you had the lounge dog, you had Tapper's family, you had a whole bunch of the crew from the left of the lounge. They actually came over to see me. I was over uh, with George Cruz and the other LSU dads, and, you know, it was a nine-run game, and they came over there talking about, you know, we going to tailgate after, like, you know, they were thinking, you know, they'll admit it. So I'm not like calling them out. I mean, the thing in the game was done, you know, it's a nine run game. And uh, they, they were standing right behind us for the, uh, the whole comeback. And it was just like, man, one of those things you didn't expect, but I bring that up because how wild is it for you? Uh, you know, I'm assuming that you watched 
um, the College World Series to a degree or at least highlights. How wild is it those same pitchers for LSU that were struggling so much against you guys? Because the same ones that y'all beat up on um, in those games uh, out of the bullpen were the same ones who were money in Omaha, which says a lot about baseball, right? Like you just got to you just got to find it and get in your groove. Um, how crazy is that the guys that were struggling were the same guys who, you know, were dependent upon in Omaha? Uh, yeah, like you said, <laughs> that describes baseball. Um, I mean, at some point, I'm sure they had a team meeting over there, and uh, they were like, probably they had it, hey, we got to get it going, guys. They knew how good they were. Everybody knew how good they were, and uh, they were struggling a little bit, and we, we got them that weekend. And uh, after that, I mean, baseball is all about who's hot at the right time, and they got hot, so. Yeah, but I mean, you had, I'll, I'll be honest, you guys had the whole LSU fan base thinking, like, all right, we ain't championship caliber. Like, everybody started to question because blowing nine run leads don't sit, don't sit well. Obviously, we know it don't sit well with the players. It hurts them more than it hurts us as the fans, but the fans ain't, ain't feeling too easy. But, you know, going into next season, right? Like, you know, obviously, you know, y'all didn't, didn't get to Hoover. Expectations weren't meant to say the least, but, you know, you got yourself, Dakota, Hunter, you know, a lot of other guys returning to the lineup, but very veteran-led. Um, you have arms coming back healthy, you know, guys like Stone and Brooks, um, along with some younger guys who are getting older. And then you have a one of the top recruiting classes in the nation. So, I mean, how do you feel about Mississippi State? Like, I mean, I've been telling people, you know, me and Sidney Tapper were with each other uh, yesterday, Brock's dad, and I really feel like this year Mississippi State gets back to where it normally is in, in competition at the top of the West. Yeah, we um we all believe that we can get this thing going. Uh, we believe we got the team, we got the talent. Um, coaches do a good job of recruiting. Um, like you said, we got one of the top freshman classes, and I believe you want to be really good and have a chance to win Omaha. That young group has to be really good too to add. Dad onto the older guys, and I believe we have that. Um, we, uh, we're gonna, I think we're going to be pretty special this year. We're going to get after it. We believe. Um, I'll make sure all the guys believe anything, so they believe or so. Yeah, and that, and that's one of the things you say you'll make a like. I, I, if you look at the 2021 team, for instance, Mississippi State, a lot of veteran leadership, and that's what I like about this team. Y'all have a lot of veteran guys who've been there for few years now obviously it's only your second year but obviously you know how many years you've played you've been around this game and so I feel like y'all have a lot of veterans and then like I said the pitching staff getting back healthy um leading those younger guys in I, I just feel real good about what y'all got going um I got one last thing it's actually not baseball related before we play a game but you know I see that you share on social media all the other sports from Mississippi State a lot which I love man um you know as somebody you know, who shares that, I, I wonder, because one of the best experiences of college is being able to to go to the other sports and support and everything. Do you plan on getting out and going to football, soccer, volleyball, any of the the other sports? Yeah, so I I, I love uh, representing our teams. Uh, I know they're going to represent us, and uh, I think it's just an awesome way of us athletes. It's already hard enough for us all. I mean, us being there for each other is uh, one thing we can do, so whether it's good or a bad season. We stick together no matter what. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked. Uh, you know, I got tickets to two football games. Uh, obviously, you don't have to pay for soccer or volleyball, but um, we have a volleyball guest and a soccer guest that have been on the show. So, gonna go support uh Macy Hodge and Becca Walk and um go watch those games and and I love it, man. College sports are just where it's at, and and in Startville, you have all the facilities closed. So for for y'all, like it's nothing. You know, you just you can bounce one to the other and um. Always great atmospheres, especially in Startville. So for those listening, um, big things coming on Mom Deck for football, soccer, and volleyball, not just baseball. Go out there, check it out, man. Rep your maroon and white. Bring your bell, except to volleyball. Can't do that, but soccer even. Get get loud, get crazy. Uh, football, I'll see y'all when LSU comes to town. I tried to get the bell smith to make me a purple bell. He's not biting, but is what it is. But with that... Uh, let's play a game we play with every single guest called This or That. Um, basically, I give you two options. You pick one or the other. You just can't say neither, and you can't say both. You down to play? Yeah, I got you. All right. Well, speaking of the Bellsmith, this version of This or That is brought to you by the Bellsmith. I actually brought some stuff for those who watch via video. I have one of five custom bells. Me, Landon Sims, Cade Smith, Cameron James, and Logan Tanner all have this Mississippi State Sunday Black Edition 2021. And then speaking of Landon Sims, I figured I'd bring his. Got my Landon Sims bell. So I bring this up to say, Amani has one. And you can get it online. You can get it in Company. You get a bunch of different places. Get your bell, man. Ring that thing up. Get one for all your experiences. Support your favorite players through NIL. But the bell smith, he is the man. And, you know, uh, you you were talking about, you know, your relationship with the Lord. One of my favorite parts, this wasn't even something I was going to put on the episode, but the bellsmith every day, man. He's putting out something encouraging, inspirational. Uh, so not even just great at making bells, man. Just a real good dude. Yep. All right. So with that, first question out the gate: PlayStation or Xbox? Uh, PlayStation. What's your favorite game? Uh, I like playing Madden. But I can get behind the show as well. Madden. You you want to catch me on them sticks? I don't think you do. <laughs> Who's your team? Who's your, if you got a go-to team, you got you got to win. Who are you playing with? Um, I play with the the Cowboys, or I just gotta have a running quarterback and a wide receiver that can run. So, I got you. I actually like to use the Cowboys a lot, even though I'm a Saints guy. But if you were to, if you use the Cowboys, I bring the Bengals at you. I got you. All right. Um, are you a bacon or a sausage guy? Uh, bacon. All right. I was hoping you would say that because I put this question, me and your and your fan base, we've been going back and forth. I cooked some bacon the other night. We've been doing this. Do you like your bacon crispy or do you like it a little bit soft? I like it. I like it a little bit soft. Yeah, see, I make mine with just a, it's a little bit soft. And the, the lounge dog is telling me that it's not crunchy enough. Me and the fan base been going back and forth. So you hear that lounge, one of your players – the man, the myth, the legend on the field says, I'm doing it the right way. You're burning your bacon. All right. Speaking of food, let's let's turn it. You're from Louisiana. There is no better food, in my opinion. But I ask you, do you get fed better in Louisiana or do you get fed better by the left field lounge after the game? I'm about to go to the left field lounge. <laughs> That's the right answer, even if it's a lie. You got to say that. They got to keep feeding you. But you're not wrong. Like, Always get fed good. All right. Are you a plan ahead person or are you a live in the moment person? Um, 
I, I want to say both, but uh, I'll probably say more living in the moment. So. I got you. I got you. All right, this next one, I'm going to make you pick between teammates. I've made every Mississippi State guest do it. Even Dakota himself. Better bombs, Dakota Jordan or Hunter Hines? Uh, oh. I'm about to go with uh I'm about to go with Hunter Hines. <laughs> Man, if he has a carryover from what he did in the Cape League, I mean he already hit twenty two for y'all last year. And then I think he had like 18 in the Cape. My man hates baseballs for real. But you can't go wrong with either of those answers. Maybe you'll hit more than both of them and just put that to rest. Um, if you were left on an island and you were stranded there, would you rather be all by yourself or stranded with your worst enemy? Oh, I, I might as well do myself. <laughs> I can't, man. Like, I got to talk to somebody. We just going to have to fight because I can't do by myself. All right, this one, this one's probably been split all season. You're the 11th episode. I feel like it's probably 5-5 five, five on the first 10. Would you rather own a massive yacht or a private jet? Uh, I think definitely a massive yacht. Me too, man. So, I I assume that you like it out on the water if you want, if you want the yacht. All right, next one. You're from the South. I think I probably know the answer to this, but I don't know. Maybe different. Would you rather spend an hour in a walk-in freezer or two hours in a sauna? Uh, say, say that again. The first part I couldn't hear the first question. Spend an hour in a walk-in freezer or two hours in a sauna? Oh, I might have to spend an hour walking in the freezer. Oh, I'm surprised because, you know, guys from South are used to being basically in a sauna for two hours. You know, uh, in a walk-in freezer, though, you know, like, I don't know, you might lose some limbs. It gets cold enough. Hopefully hopefully not. But I had I forgot what guest said that they would they would eat ice cream in there. And I was like, you try not to freeze to death. You're going to eat ice cream. I forgot who said that. that, that weather, the weather in Louisiana right now, I, I take that ice any day. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, it's hot here, and I know it's always hotter there. All right, last one, man. I'm going to test your character right here. Don't lie to me, Omani. I want it, I want it truthful. Would you rather win the lottery or win the national championship? Uh, I'm definitely going to say uh... – I'm gonna win. I'd rather win the national championship. Oh, you just lied to me on this show. You <laughs> know that you want to be rich. No, that's the right answer. Just like the other the other questions, left field lounge. Got to give the right answer. Your team might hear it. Fans listening, got to say the national championship. Me personally, I want to be rich. Go ahead and bring me the money. <laughs> With that, you're off the hot seat. Is there? I know I've already plugged the bell for you. Um, you know, outside of that, do you have anything else that you uh you want to plug or promote out there? Um, I just want to say uh, thank you to the Mississippi State fan base uh, for supporting me um, through it all. Uh, last season wasn't the best. Um, we plan to do better than that this year, and we'll continue to get after it. We continue to honor the Lord every step of the way, and uh, just thank you again for having me. So. Yeah, absolutely. And also, if you want to follow Amani, you go to IG, Amani.Larry. And, of course, following Mississippi State Baseball, you go to Hill State BB. But, man, it has been a pleasure, like I said, uh, 
I'm a fan of yours. I'll be there next year with my son, uh, rooting you on, ringing the bell, even as an LSU fan. And man, I hope y'all, uh, y'all restore Mississippi State baseball back to where it needs to be. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, we want to thank our guest, Imani Larry. If you like hearing his story or you dislike hearing Average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. We will see everyone tomorrow night. The crew will be back with guest Greg Brooks Jr. from LSU Football. This has been the In Off the Bench Podcast. As always, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.